This message, this is why he this is what he said to me, okay? Because I was thinking, the, like, in preparing this for the past week, right? I was thinking, ah, this is so intense. This can be so intense. This can be so, especially what's coming. Okay? Can be so intense. And, and, and I, my question to you is, and I said it to Julia last night at the meeting, I said, the question I have before the Lord is, how intense does you want to get? And this morning, you know what he said to me? He said, intense love. See, that's his desire for us tonight. See this message, hear this message, interpret, personalize this message through that filter of God's intense love for us. Let us have, each and every person in this house and everyone listening online, the right perspective, the proper perspective, God's perspective, when we are hearing this message tonight. Because if we don't have the right perspective, this can be scary. What I'm about to do, I already flipped the page, can, can be scary. Okay, if we have the wrong perspective. But when we keep God's perspective, remember last week we did God is love. Remember everybody, God's love, God's love. We have to remember that God is love, right? The perspective is God, not only God does God love you, but he intensely loves you. He passionately loves you. He ardently loves you. See, he didn't, <laughs> I'm laughing. Because he, and he had to say intense love because of the message. But he's so good. He, he, he knew we needed to hear more than just God loves me. But make no mistake about it, he's saying, I intensely love you. And through that truth, I want you to hear, okay, why stewardship is important in the next life, Okay. So here we go. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, so what we do with the cross determines where we will spend eternity. Okay, what we do, but remember I said last week, this message on stewardship does, it has nothing to do with your salvation. As believers, we know where we will be spending eternity, in heaven with Jesus, and it's going to be great, okay? So that is not in question. That is not in question. Where you spend eternity is not in question. Everybody got that? Say, yes, I understand. That's very important, okay? The question that stewardship and how we, right, handle, deal with, manage, right, all of the resources that God has given us, that determines how, not where, but how we will spend eternity. Remember I talked about the treasures? Okay, and we all might end up having, and we probably will have different piles based on how we steward well, okay? So we're all going to heaven as believers, but we may all not have the same amount of treasure. And that's, what, that's how stewardship in this life affects the next. Does that make sense? Okay. So this has to be, I, I, I have to tell you this. But don't you want to know this? Isn't this like, this is what I'm saying, like how much does God love us, Amy? That he doesn't want to, 
Oh, when you get to heaven, oh, I tricked you. I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you what you had to do to get this, that, and the other thing. You talked about a crown. I didn't tell you. It's like playing Monopoly and not knowing the rules to the game. But God is not like that. The nature of God, remember that intense love? How good is God that he tells us everything up front because he wants us to have all of the treasure, all of the reward, all of the crowns. He wants us to have it all because of this intense love that he has for us. Amen? Okay, so it's good. So we need to know. We need to talk about this stuff and we need to know. So not where, but how we will spend eternity. And, and you will only have the opportunity to steward here while you're on the earth. That's why it's important that we get this. That's why it's important that we get this. But remember, God is looking for ways to bless us. He's not trying to get us, right? He's not trying to nitpick you. Oh, you, you know, you, oh, there you go. You lost that. You didn't get that treasure. You didn't get that reward. You didn't get that crown. That's not God. He is looking for ways. Let me see what, right? The examination is because he's looking for the good. He's not looking for the bad. He's looking for the good, okay? Just like we would do, you know, with our children, right? We find good stuff to say, good things to praise them about, right? Okay. So second, okay, so 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be, be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We talked about that last time. That's not new. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So Jesus will examine our lives. Thoughts, intents, motives, actions, okay? He will examine these things, okay? They will all, right? We will give an account. We talked about that last time. He will examine our lives. Now, the Greek word for judgment, because it's that word that gets people. But remember, God intensely loves me, okay? That Greek word, because we will appear before, and that's what it's called in the Bible, the judgment seat, okay? The Greek word for judgment, 90% of the time means, this is good, a decision resulting from an investigation, so he will look at right, what we've done according to what he's told us to do. Okay, remember, not what other people are doing. It doesn't matter. It's just, am I doing what God is asking of me while I'm here? Okay, so, okay, it means a decision. The decision is not about where you will spend eternity, though. Okay, the judgment seat is only for believers, it's not for unbelievers. That's only for us believers. We're in heaven. So the judgment seat does not decide, right? When you stand before the judgment seat, it's not like the Lord is going to say, I changed my mind, you're going to the other place. That's not what's going to happen, okay? It's for the, pur for the purpose of reward, okay? For the purpose of reward, it's not going to change where you're going. It's going to determine, uh, the purpose is to determine how much reward you get. 
already it's like, oh, I think I'm okay with this, right? Okay. So the judgment seat or bema seat is for believers. Uh, okay, so bema seat in Greek culture is where the judges stood to give awards. Yeah, I know. It's good to know. It helps when we know these things. The Greek uses the word judge in two different sense senses. One is condemnation, but that's for the unbelievers. Because Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We know that. And the second sense of the word judge is for giving out rewards. Like the judge at the Olympics. Okay? He determines who's going to get the gold, the silver, and the bronze. Okay? So it's for believers for the purpose of giving out rewards. Psalm 62.12 says, yeah, that's good, right? Okay. It feels, it, it's good. It feels light. It feels light. If you guys are getting it, awesome. Psalm 62, yeah, because you know what? God has not given us a spirit of fear. Remember, he loves us and he wants us. When we stand before him, he wants to like just throw all kinds of treasure and reward and stuff at us. That's good. He wants us to be walking away from the judgment seat so that we can't carry it because it's so much. Okay? Yeah. See that and allow that to just transform your thinking. Psalm 62:12. For you render to each one, okay, so this is this is truth, it's in the Bible. For you render to each one according to his work. Now, with the wrong filter, that might sound to some like punishment. Right? You're going to get based on what you write? No. It's for the purpose of reward, not punishment. Matthew 16, 27, for the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels, and then he will reward each accord. Okay, so there are rewards, and the Bible talks a lot about rewards. Remember, we have the opportunity to steward now, which will determine the rewards. We need to know this. We need to know this. It's in here for us to know, okay? Okay, good. Uh, each one will receive his own reward, 1 Corinthians 3, 8, according to his labor. Matthew 10, 42 says, if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Matthew 5, so there's different ways to get rewards. Matthew 5, 11 and 12 says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you. Anyone, has anyone in the house been persecuted? That, remember, that doesn't mean sickness and disease. Okay, so persecute and lie about you and say all sorts of evil. Has that ever happened to anybody? Okay, because you are my followers, because of the Lord. Has anyone ever made fun of you because you are a follower? Oh, you're going to church again. Oh, you're always at church. Has anyone ever given you a hard time? Okay, I've been there. Be happy about it. Be very glad. Not just be happy. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. Amen? Okay. Yes, we do. We need to show because this is amazing. Because now, see when we have the right perspective. Like you're excited now to stand there. We're not like, right, cowering and afraid to stand there. We're believers. And remember, the amount of reward does not, like you're in heaven. You're in heaven. So even if the guy next to you has like way more than you, you're in heaven. So it's all good, right? There's going to be, you're like, son, 
son, daughter of God. You're in the family. He's going to say, welcome to the family. There's going to be all the good stuff. Everything good, nothing bad. Okay? Okay. We're in heaven. Yay. Not yet. Okay. Daniel, okay, Daniel 12, 3. I have my contacts on. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So if you turn many to righteousness, it says those who, so that says maybe not everybody, right? Those who turn many to righteousness. Guess what? If you do that, uh, what, do, what does it say? Yeah, you're going to shine like the stars forever and ever. So those who don't turn many to righteousness will still be in heaven with you, but they won't be as shiny as you. Does anyone want to be shiny? Okay, we don't want to be dull. Like we're going to be, so thank you, Jesus, right, for what you did that we're in heaven. Bless the Lord, but if I have an option, I choose shiny, right? Okay, so I already said this. What's he going to examine? Uh, this, is to, this is to determine rewards. Remember, we're in heaven, okay? To determine, what's he going to, we said, actions, motives, 1 Corinthians 4, 5. He I'm not making this up. He will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each whatever praises do, Okay? Intentions and thoughts, Revelation 2.23. I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person, and I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. That's for intentions and thoughts. So all of this, we have to steward well, okay? How we, what we do and how we do it, okay? Uh, and then we have to give an account on Judgment Day for every idle word. So idle word is useless. It's an unproductive word. Okay, if you think of like a card that's idling, right, it's not doing anything useful. It's not doing what it was created to do, okay? Uh, if you think of, you know, at the water cooler at work, and you guys are all, what happens a lot of times at the water cooler at work? Gossip, right? You're, right? You're not going anywhere. You're idle, right? But what kind of stuff happens there a lot of times, right? You're saying stuff you shouldn't be saying, talking about, involved in. So that kind of stuff, that's idle, okay? <sighs> Yay, okay. So, okay, here's another arrow. Two areas that will be examined is our involvement in building the kingdom and how we build others. Our influence. I think it came up in prayer last night, right? Our involvement in building the kingdom and how we build other people, okay? Okay, good. Um, Okay, so, okay, this Pastor Ian talked about last week. So it is 1 Corinthians 3. I'm going to go here because I didn't read it, write it all out. 1 Corinthians 3. And uh, instead of 13, I'm going to start at 10. I'm going to hold it way back here. Okay. It says, according to the grace of God, yes, which was given to me as a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He's the foundation, okay? 
Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work, thank you, each one's work, ah, oh, okay, each one's work will become clear for the day, God has a sense of humor, okay, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Okay, so, so here's the thing. Jesus is the foundation. We're going to heaven. We're believers. We're going to heaven. We're going to be in heaven. But now, all the works that we do and the way we do it, how we steward what we have, will be the gold, the silver, the hay, the straw, okay? And that goes through the fire. Pastor Ian talked about it at the close of last night. And then whatever is left, gets added to the foundation, which means Jesus, we're in heaven, and that is the treasure, the reward that we will have that will remain forever, okay? And that will be eternal. What you have, okay, at that point, after it goes through the fire, is what you will keep forever, okay? That's eternal. That part won't change, okay? Okay, yay. So good. That's very good. That's very good. We need to know that. Okay. Uh, did I read that part that said, but he himself will be saved? No. I didn't. Okay. Uh, I have that, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Why did I put that there? Is it the end? I need, my, I need these glasses, Pastor Ian, because this is important, obviously. Okay. I didn't finish it, because what did I say originally? I didn't say where it ended. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, yes, this is important. He will suffer loss. Okay. He will suffer loss does not mean... Okay. It doesn't mean that. It means you forfeit reward. Okay. So if it's burned, suffer loss means you're not, lo you're not losing anything, but you're not getting Okay, okay, but he himself will be saved, so, yeah, there it is, yet so as through fire. So you're going to be in heaven, okay, and there will be people and Christians who will just get in by the skin of their teeth that they're going to probably smell like fire because they just made it through, okay? Right? Okay, so, okay. But they're in heaven, Thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Okay. So this is good. Yeah. Okay. 2 John 8. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things which we have worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Okay. A couple things. That we don't lose those things. So if you get them in heaven, you're not losing them in heaven. That's talking about here on the earth. Okay. If you've done something and you have, okay, for example... Uh, the scripture talks about not letting anyone cause you to lose your crown, for example, okay? So if you have, because of what you did and how you did it, been awarded this, and then maybe you, you, know, you walk in unforgiveness, okay? So you do something, you allow the enemy, somebody else, yourself to trip you up, to entangle you in deception, to cause you to lose what you have, 
Okay, does that make sense? Okay. But once you're in heaven, you're not losing what you have. Okay. Okay, this is our opportunity here. This is why we need to know about it, because this is the only place we'll have the opportunity. Yeah, okay, here it is. Revelation 3.11. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Okay. Okay, so God's desire, the other part of that was that we may receive a full reward. God wants us to get a full reward. That's his desire. There's a partial reward and there's a no reward. But his desire is that we would get the full reward. He wants to lavish us with reward. Crowns and treasure and reward and all kinds of stuff the Bible talks about, okay? It talks about people having brighter colored robes than other people, okay? And all that kind of, I know, isn't it good to think about that? Yeah, okay, so we need to know now because this is our opportunity. Okay, so quickly, the five crowns, five crowns, uh, just I'll go quickly. I'm going to give you the scripture, scripture references. Okay, the, there's the crown of life, which is the martyr's crown, Revelation 2.10 and James 1.12. Look it up yourself. For those who endure temptation, that was pretty rough. Look it up, okay, so that you, now I'm like being careful. I apologize if I offended you. <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm excited for you. Crown of life, yay. For those who endure temptation, testing, tribulation. Incorruptible crown or the victor's crown. Okay, so I wrote this. Okay, no, okay. All right. I said read this, but you know, we're not going to read it. 1 Corinthians 9. 24 to 27, check it out for those who discipline their body and bring it into subjection. Okay. We have the crown of righteousness, number three, for those who love his appearing, 2 Timothy 4. We have the crown of glory, 1 Peter 5, 1 to 4, the, which is the elder's crown for leaders, pastors, leaders, pastors, does, okay, leaders, it doesn't matter how many people you lead, pastors, elders, teachers, who were godly examples to the flock of believers entrusted to their care. Number five, the crown of rejoicing, which is the sole winner's crown. Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20. Okay, what will we do with these crowns? Revelation 4, 9 to 11. We will cast them. Notice how I said we. <laughs> we will. <laughs> okay, yay. We will. Okay. We will cast them, I know, but where is it? Crowns will be cast down before Jesus at his throne, okay? We get these crowns, and then we're just going to give them all back to Jesus because, right, all praise and honor and glory belongs to the Lord, okay? Okay, uh, Okay. So, so bless the Lord. When we know this, we live differently. We live with an eternal perspective as opposed to a 70, 80-year perspective, which is how most North Americans live with a 70, 80 year and then done, okay? And that is not true. When we know this though, it changes everything. And we can live with, uh, I, I use that example again, Pastor Ian, right? Building today for a thousand years from now. That's an eternal perspective, okay? C.S. Lewis said, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. Charles Spurgeon says, okay, uh, there are no crown wearers in heaven who were not cross bearers here below. Okay, that's just for fun. Okay, so 
Okay, yeah. Okay, so, um, ah, right? That's, there's a quote, but I'm not going to read you that. Okay, so I, what time do I even go till now? Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so no, I just want to talk about the books. Okay, because I, I know like if, if you, you know, you're anything like me, you're like, okay, well, you know, I want to get this. I want to make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to be following the call. I'm not looking at him or her, but I want to know what my lane is. Okay, and we're going to address that. Psalm 139.16. I have to read you this, though, because I touched on the just getting in. Okay, this is uh, Dr. Donald Gray Barnhouse. So this guy's like 1895 to 1960. He said, let us live then in the light of eternity. If we do not, we are weighting the scales against our eternal welfare. We must understand that whatsoever a man soweth must be taken in its widest meaning and that every thought and intent of the heart will come under the scrutiny of the Lord and his coming. Remember, he's scrutinizing. okay? That's not a word. But, but he's looking for good. He's looking for ways to reward, okay? Oh, we talked, Pastor Tina, you brought this up, that meditation you did, and I wanted to cry. That reminds me of 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world to show himself strong on behalf of those who are, like, is that not phenomenal? He's looking. And that's exactly what's going to be happening. He's going to be looking for the good. Come on, come on. Like, I just, oh, I can't even. It's going to make him cry. If I just imagine like a conveyor belt of our stuff going through, and he's on the other side, and he's like, come on, don't burn up. Don't burn up. Don't burn up. Come on, right? I, that's, that's the love of the Father. That's the intense love that he has for us. He wants us to get this. So, okay, hang on. So we can be sure that at the judgment seat of Christ, there will be a marked difference between the Christian who has lived his life before the Lord, clearly discerning what was for the glory of God, and another Christian who was saved in a rescue mission at the tag end of a depraved and vicious life, or a nominal Christian saved on his deathbed after a life of self-pride, self-righteousness, self-love, and self-sufficiency. All will be in heaven. That is not the question, but the differences will be eternal. We may be sure that the consequences of our character will survive the grave. Wow, that's good. And we shall face those consequences at the judgment seat. Bless the Lord. Okay, so Psalm 139, verse 16 says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every day of your life, 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 every day of each one of our lives that's ever and will ever live on this earth, okay, was recorded in your book. Every moment was late every moment counts every moment was laid out before a single day had passed god has a plan for every moment of every day of every year of every decade of our life okay psalm 47 8 says in the scroll of the book it is written of me i delight to do your will oh my god your law is within my heart so there is stuff in heaven written about us our lives, every moment of every day of our lives has been written in a scroll in his book since the beginning of time. Before we were ever born into the earth, God had our every moment of our life written out. And my desire, and I know it's your desire, and this is part of stewardship, is 
finding out with the help of Holy Spirit, what's on my scroll? What's in my book? So that we can steward well the time, the talent. It's for a reason. He made me to look like this, sound like this, walk like this for a reason. And it's in the book. It's in the scroll. Okay, hallelujah. Okay, and it's in our heart. Because we have, that's what the scripture says. It's there, but it's also here because we have Holy Spirit, right? Telling us, hey, nudging us, whispering to us what's in the book, what's in our scroll. And we each have our lives written down. And so everything starts with being written down. Written in heaven, birthed in the earth. But written first, just like Jesus was the word, right? And then he had to be birthed in the earth through a person. And just like the things, the plans, the desires, the projects that God has, they have to come into the earth the same way. They're written, already have been written, even for this church. It's already been, been, been written since the foundation of time. But there's only way, it can, one way it can get into the earth. It can be manifested in the earth. And it's through a person. Amen? Okay, so it's so good. So Hebrews 10, 5, and 7 says, When Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Jesus had a book. <sighs> right? And when he came to the earth, the plan was to do everything as it was written in the book. And that's our plan too. That's our desire too. That has not changed, right? That has not changed. We're created in the image of God. Just like Jesus, right? We are joint heirs with Christ. We have, he says, even greater. So it even just makes sense that we would do things the way they had to be done for him is the way they would have to be done for us right? Okay. Second Timothy 1, 8 and 9 says, therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling. We are called to a holy calling because each one of us of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. We have a holy calling, which God gave us before the ages. How can we know our call? This is a question of the night. Whether it's ministry marketplace, government, stay-at-home mom, number one, and then we're done. Number one, seek God earnestly. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. And number two, get planted in the house of the Lord. Psalm 92, 12 to 14 says, the righteous flourish like the palm tree. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. We don't know what an apple seed is going to be until it's planted and allowed to flourish. Amen? Okay, yay. Yay. So are you excited? <laughs> I, we, got, we still got a lot to do here. We still got a lot to do, but we know now 
that there's so much counting on what we do here. Amen? There's so much work to do for the kingdom of God. We all have our own book. And it is our daily quest. It's our mission every day. Not even to wait until 10 years pass, but on a daily basis. What do I need to do today, God? Because every moment is written down. So we should not be waiting five years, even one year, to reevaluate or get with the Lord. New Year's resolution, that's not often enough on a daily basis because every moment is written down. What's in our book? That's our daily quest. What do I need to do today, God? Where, where do you see me going today? What do you see me doing today, God, with my time, with my gifts, to be a blessing to the kingdom and to other people that he puts in my path? We, we're, we're this is good. And we're taking this seriously. We're take, remember, this is weighty, but it's not heavy. And it's not heavy. I can feel you guys are all like pros totally ready it's like there's nothing bouncing back at me which is so good but it's weighty because there's an expectation to follow a message like this right but bless the lord we have holy spirit and he'll help us amen okay we good jesus you're the best father we just thank you thank you lord thank you god for your goodness yeah you know what Ha, huh, that perspective, God, of your intense love for us, that makes all the difference in the world. When we can see things through the right perspective, when we can see through Amen. the eyes of truth, wow, that makes all the difference in how we interpret. We just thank you, Holy Spirit that you're, yeah, you're with us every step of the way, every moment, every nanosecond of every moment, of every minute, of every hour, of every day. You're with us, Holy Spirit. You're with us. You'll always be with us. And you're guiding and you're leading and you're prompting. We just, we just thank you, Lord, that we are so in tune with you. You utter the beginning of a syllable and we're on it. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Our ears are clear to hear, and our eyes are open to see God. And we thank you, Lord, that our hearts are in tune with yours, God. We got this. We thank you, Lord. You're with us every step of the way. We're locking arms with you, and we're walking down the middle of that path, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just want to share, um, I feel like uh, pleasing the Lord is where the responsibility lies in our heart. Our desire to do this is as it is the desire and the intention of our heart. What does that look like? What does that feel like in the world that we live in? We're familiar with this desire to please ourselves. And as I'm sitting there, it's contingent on this relationship factor and the intimacy when we are far from God and we don't know him pleasing him 
maybe isn't really high. I don't know what does that feel like? What does that look like to please someone that I know I should? I know I should. That's what we're learning tonight. And so I just feel, you know, if you're here tonight, and I don't know if you want to do a corporate prayer or maybe if you're here and you feel like you've been struggling in the area of your relationship, because intimacy is everything. Yeah. We bear the responsibility. You're so eloquently. I'm, I'm like, go there, <laughs> you know. But we bear the responsibility. This is our duty. You know, the Bible says it is required that stewards be found faithful. And, and so it really then is contingent. We will do this easily when we have, when we have intimacy with the one that we love. Yeah. Right? But if we're far... And so, you know, if you if you if struggling maybe in the area of relationship and you want to come and say, you know, or pray over everybody, you know, God, we just thank you that, you know, we're hearing and we're seeing. And if you're stuck in your relationship, then, you know, amen. Let's deal with that. I feel amen. like we need to deal with that somehow. Amen. Whether they come to the altar or whether you pray a mass prayer, <laughs> we got to deal with our relationship with Jesus. You say we intimacy in the name of Jesus, everybody. Okay, lift your hands. Let's be let's be serious. I remember being young, and I'll just say this as before you pray, you can kind of collect yourself, okay? <laughs> when I was young, um, my mom and dad led us through. I don't even know if you guys remember that you ever did this, but um, you read that scripture about God is going to hand us all these things. And we're going to turn and we're going to take all of those things and we're going to lay them back down at the foot of Jesus. That is a real moment in our future. You know, you're going to be in heaven and it's going to be everything that heaven is, which is like if you are homeless in heaven, you're going to be living the high life, right? On gold streets. But there's going to be a moment where you're going to have all these things. And the only thing that you're going to want to do because you're compelled by love is to take all of those things that you've worked this whole life for and lay them back down at the feet of Jesus. And when that is motivated by, like you can feel in, in just one moment when you think about you're going to lock eyes with him and you're going to yeah. lay all this stuff down at his yeah. feet. You're going to be like weeping. And like the presence of God isn't going to be like yeah. the presence of God like we have here, which is beautiful, but that's a measure. This is going to yes. be like you are with God yeah. in heaven and you're going to take all these things and the motivation because of love is going to be to lay all this stuff down. And I feel like that's what you're saying. When you live with that reality now, it isn't duty like we know the word duty. Right. It's like how did people, and they did this so yeah. beautifully in the olden days, when they would go to war, they felt like it was not their duty to go to war like we hear it. But they loved their yeah. country and they loved their yeah. freedom. They loved their people so much that if there ended up being somebody who couldn't go, a lot of times those people would be, they would hate themselves and their life because they would give yeah. anything to be able to be on the front yeah. lines because of love not because of duty and when you flip that like you're saying this message is about God wanting to reward us which is amazing but then also turn it it's also about that moment where I'm working in this life so that I'm gonna have like you're saying arm full 
of just treasure to lay back down yeah. in worship yeah. at Jesus's feet. And yeah. when it's motivated from that place, yeah. it isn't about duty. It's about you already can have every single thing I am and I'll do whatever it is you ask me to do because I have that moment in mind. Amen. And that moment of love fuels everything we do, which turns sacrifice from a place of duty into a place where it's our honor and it's our joy. Yeah. So maybe raise your hands all over this room and um, I think what's important for us to remember, there's two things I want to share. One is that this is a very important message for us at this season, not because we have all been faithful over the, the season that has gone before us. So we shouldn't be looking at ourselves and saying, oh my gosh, I'm so behind the eight ball. Joy is coming here to chastise. That's not why God's doing this. God's doing this in a, it, to create an expectancy in us for the season that we're actually in. So if you take a look at that, the parable of the, of the, of the, uh, um, the talents, right? There's people all the way along the journey. There's, some, there's one guy that was given one talent. All you had to be, you know, God gives you a quarter and he says, okay, let me see what you're going to do with the quarter. You don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, when I get 10 billion, how am I ever going to be faith? That's not how it works. It's star, it works in a, it's very, it's very organic. And all we have to do is we're willing to be faithful with that which God has called us to today. Yeah. And to a person that just got saved yesterday, faithful is just get to church. And but then there's promotions and then there's God's requirement. And, his, and he just calls us like the guy that got five talents wasn't going, oh, my gosh, what the heck? You gave me five times as much as that guy. Right. That's not what he's saying. He's celebrating the fact that he's at that level. And then the guy that got 10, he's going, what am I? You're working me like a slave here. You gave me 10 and gave that guy only one? That's not, that's not how, that's not the flavor of that parable, right? Then the guy gets five cities. Oh my gosh, talk about work. Then the other guy gets 10 cities. The, the thing is, is that we actually, as we move along this journey, God is trying to get us into the game as quickly as he can get us into the game. Because as he begins the cycle of faithfulness and then promotion, faithfulness, promotion, faithfulness, promotion, he wants us to get to the place where we are enormously uh, faithful people, but it feels the same for the guy doing 10 cities as it is for the guy doing two, two talents because he's at that level. Do you, see that? Do you see that? And I think that we've, you know, we have to get rid of a lot of this, a lot of us raised religiously, the concept of stewardship and faithfulness and judgment and rewards has, has really been presented to us in a religious way as though we're, you're never good enough. Yeah. You know, like you sure get a reward if you, you wouldn't screw up so much. That's the nat that's religion that talks to us like that. But it's not the way God talks to us at all. God's looking for us to be like Olivia. I'm not worried that she can't ride a motorcycle yet. Right? I'm working on her doing papa. You know, that's going to be a day, yeah. right, when she gets, why? Because I'm, I'm not worried about the stuff she can't do. It's not, and look, this is humans. And so we, you, we may have to be going through this process of, I got to get rid of this negative slant to this concept of faithfulness or stewardship or, uh, you know, the requirements, God's obedience, all these things sound so heavy. I'm not supposed to be heavy. Okay? So you want to pray or let me pray? Joy wants to pray. 
Are you going to lead them through? or? Well, I just want to say that the thing, like, in my own experience, the thing that has helped me, you guys are all going to laugh, is meditation. You know, it's true. You don't say. I, it's true. <laughs> it's true, right? And, you know, Billy Graham, this is the tail end of one of this amazing quote that I heard after he went home to be with the Lord. He said, I would pray more, meditate more, and tell God how much I love him more. Right? And so it's simple, but really... In my own life, I found that it's made all the difference in the world. Like when you do that picture, like when you were doing that, the eyes of the Lord running, it's just like, I can't, I can't even, I can't even keep myself together, right? Like, I just want to be with you so much when I think about like, right? So that's the thing. That's the thing. For me, it's, it's been meditation. It's just been time with the Lord. It's just been seeing what he means. It's been taking the scriptures and personalizing them and allowing him right to let me go in the scripture if you will and be the character in the scripture and let him show me what that scripture looks like in my life does that make sense so for me it's all it's all it's meditation it's meditating on the word it's meditating on the goodness of god when you meditate on you know and you just start where you are if even if you just start, God, I know you love me. God, I know that you want an intimate relationship with me. God, what does intimacy look like for me? And maybe it's just the Lord just gives you a, a hug and it's like, you never saw that before. A picture is worth a thousand words, right? Like that, that could just like bring you to your knees. And then you just grow from there, right? So does that, does that make sense? Yeah. So that, bless the Lord. So pray over them. Okay, Jesus. Help them in their meditation. <laughs> Help them Father. show up to Sunday's meditation. <laughs> seminar. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The truth is, God, mm -hmm. you do intensely love us, God. And we're on your mind all the time. Just think about that. Just think about God thinking about you. Just think about the Lord being desperate to spend time with you. You know, I just imagine right now, the Lord is up in heaven. And he's like, oh, I, I just can't wait for her to get to her prayer closet. I just can't wait. Is she going now? Is she going now? Is she going to go now? Because I just want to be with her so desperately. God, I thank you. That's true for each and every one of us. God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would help us all to see what your intense love for us looks like, God. What does your intense love look like for me? You say you love me ardently. God, what does that look like? What does that mean for me, God? And what can I do now? Because I am supercharged with your love, your power in me. It's like when I'm with you, I'm, I'm being plugged in to the greatest power that ever existed. And when I go out now into the earth and do what it is that you're calling me to do, I am full of this power. I just walk by somebody and they're like, oh, somebody just give me a shock. God, I thank you 
Your love looks like something. Help each and every person, God, even the ones that are listening, watching online, help them to see what that looks like, God. I know that that sounds simple, but that's where it begins. That's all I know to do. And that's been such a blessing to me, God. Thank you for your love, God. You want us to experience that, God. You want us to know what it means. You want us to know what it looks like. And you want us to know what we can do because we haven't. We're never the same after having been in your presence, God. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you continue to minister to each and every person listening to the sound of my voice. As they get up from this place and leave, God, I thank you that you go with them. Love goes with them. I just thank you, Lord God. You just continue to show them. That's what it looks like. Maybe it's just God looking at you and just smiling at you. That sends a message. God loves me. And I want to be around that. I want to be around you, God. When I see that you love me for who I am, I just, I just want to be around that, God. And so I come again. And I come again, and I come again, each time, God, a little bit closer, a little bit more trust, a little bit closer, a little bit more, God. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. It sounds simple, but that's how it works. So I thank you, Lord, for greater hunger to do this, God, in everybody, Lord, in all of us, God, a greater hunger to just show up even if you just start sitting in that place and just say, okay, Lord, I'm here. I know you love me. Show me, God, what that means. Holy Spirit, I thank you, God, that you are faithful. And I'm confident that every person that does that will not be disappointed. But everyone will get something. And then the next day, you show up with what you already have. Ha <laughs> stewardship. Show up with what you already have and say, okay, Lord, can you please increase this for me? Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you, Lord. Your desire is to be with us always.